Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, afternoon and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 14th episode of the FPL Wire powered by DreamSet Go. I'm your host, Zofa, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Laidreiser. Hi, Zofa. How's it going? Exciting day for us. The big man is back with us. Uh, my week was quite shitty, to be very honest. I think just the Villa defenders, Target and Martinez, saved me. Outside of that, I got a very, very jammy goal from Salah, who was my captain, and a Bamford assist. Outside of that, absolutely nothing. Uh, Jota and Lamptey no-show meant that I played with 10 players. Uh, but uh, more exciting things to talk about in terms of Bucker's back. Bucker, first up, what, how are exams and what was happening with your face last week? <laughs> I look like a caveman, don't I? I mean, uh, I, I'd like to, firstly, I'd like to reach out to, you know, a lot of people who've, uh, who've, who've actually been very supportive of me and they've actually reached out and wished me luck over the past few weeks while I've been away. So, so thank you to everyone for their support and, and to you as well. I was watching a replay of the uh, wire last week and you guys mentioned me. So I appreciate the support. Um, the exams were really challenging. Uh, I mean, for those of you who know, I am um, actually studying for a degree called Chartered Accountancy, and it's it's one of the most uh, you know highly sought degrees in in Pakistan. I I reside here, so I mean the, the pass rates are incredibly low. I the, they're like as low as even three to four percent. So I expected the exams to be challenging, and they're actually designed in in such a way where they're actually uh, sort of meant to humble you. So I mean, it bring they bring you down to earth very very quickly. Uh, I had a tough time, but like I, I prepared myself very hard for it. So I, I believe in the process. I mean, I my results are still two um, two months away. Well, so what let's was see. that though? Twenty hour twenty hour study days. Yeah, like actually, for like almost a month, I I barely had any sleep, and I was just like studying almost through the day and night, and like I had little to no connection with the rest of the world, and I was it was almost as if I was living under a rock. So, I mean, that's it. I, I gave it my best. That's why I, I, I have no regrets. Let's see what happens. I, I gave it my best shot. It was, it's the same for everyone, really. You can't really do much about it. It's like, got to accept and move on. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm like, I still have a few exams left. So I'll be in this for like a year or two, uh, another couple of years. So like, I'll like, I'm resilient enough to like, hopefully battle through it. 10 on 10 beauty pageant answer there from Bakar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're just glad to have him back. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, Zof, how was your, how was your game week? Before, before we actually move on to that, you always forget to do this. And this time we're going to do this at the start of the pod. Guys, if you've been liking our content, please smash the subscribe button, hit the like button. It really, really helps us. And we want to try reaching 10K subscribers as soon as possible. Uh, we'll move on to Zof. How was your game week? 61 points with a four-point hit, so 57. Salah was the only goal scorer. The defense bailed me out big time. Just a small red arrow from 440k, from 410k. It's been this similar story last few game weeks. Good Saturdays, bad Sundays. Yeah, yeah. You're chilling at 400k. I'm chilling at 3 million. <laughs> Easy. Bakar, how was your game week? 
Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. I I ended up on 52. Sala uh, Sala was my captain, and I also had Emmy Martinez, and those two were the main contributors to to my my score. Uh, I also took an eight point hit, I, um, which which sort of backfired. I, I sold Werner and Sterling for uh, Bamford and Salah, which was fine, but the part which went wrong was that I sold Justin because I didn't really see him as a long term option, and I sold him for Robertson for a hit, and that did not go well. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I did not expect uh, Leicester to beat Brighton that comfortably, but um, yeah, it happens. I we move on. So before we go, a quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. Also, just to let you guys know, our sponsors, Dream Set Go, they're in the midst of tying up with a lot of football clubs at the moment. That might include some very interesting Premier League clubs as well. And they have some exciting offers lined up. So in case you want to access their hospitality and travel packages early, just fill in the Google form and they will email you with email you the details. There's a lot of celebrity and pitch side experiences on offer. Uh, taking you guys through the agenda, this is sort of a combined Game Week 13 and Game Week 14 pod. We'd have ideally podded on Thursday, but I've got some personal commitment, so that's not possible. In case there is something important to talk about uh, for Game Week 14, we might just do a stream on uh, Friday, but it doesn't look very likely at the moment. What we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about uh, Diego Jota replacements. Uh, we're going to be talking about defenders, budget, as well as premium. We're going to be talking about Fulham and Burnley, two, two teams that are catching our eye and are offering up some budget options. And then uh, we're going to keep it short. Uh, we're going to be talking about the games in Game Week 13, the hot fixtures in Game Week 14, captaincy options for both Game Weeks. Bucker's back with his three top stats of the Game Week. We've We've dropped uh, the discussion for differentials and are focusing, going to be focusing more on the captains. Uh, after that, you have your Q&A. So we, we'll start first up with uh, Diego Jota. A lot of us own him and there's lots of directions we can take. We can you know, spend a little more money, we can spend around the same or we can go drop to a budget pick like Suchek. What's your thinking, Parker? Why don't you start this time? Yeah, I mean, this has actually scuppered a lot of my plans uh, because I, I, I thought Jota would be a consistent um, player for me in, in the run-in because I, I could see him getting quite a few minutes in this run-in. Uh, I, I don't really think there's an obvious answer to who should be his, his best replacement. For for someone like me who doesn't have Jack Grealish, I'll try my best to somehow fit Grealish in my team because I don't own him. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm really not sure. If if I was looking elsewhere, I there are options like Zaha for pretty much a similar price but but as we know where, Pal- where do you stand on Zaha versus Grealish I was all for Grealish earlier but I'm wavering now no I I still think that uh, Grealish is the one to get because uh, uh, as uh, uh, Dean Smith uh, pointed out last last week uh, he's he's going to be on penalties now Villa are actually in the uh, top for XG over the past six game weeks so they're doing really really well I'd be very surprised if Grealish doesn't get, you know, too many points over the over the next few weeks. He's 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 an excellent option. With 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 Palace, you, I mean, they don't really have a high ceiling. Zaha will probably get a goal here or there, but uh, I mean, I'd expect more from Grealish uh, in in that run. And Villa's fixtures are better as well. 
other than that i mean i've looked at options and suchak is someone i i don't really like despite i mean a lot of the community being attracted to him as an option i i just don't see him as a consistent uh, point scorer i know he has been scoring re- recently but he has little to th- no threat from open play which is something just, i don't like i'll just pause you before yeah. we move on i think it's it's better if we do this bracket by bracket so if you're looking at similar priced options so if are you still greerish over saha what's your thinking I I think so marginally but what's happened of late I think Barkley being out has really stifled Jack's output his numbers have dipped significantly in terms of both creativity and goal threat over the last few weeks and the thing is Grealish now the Newcastle fixture is out of the way he has three good fixtures coming right he has West Brom Burnley and Palace I think so I don't think Barkley is now available for either the midweek or the weekend so we could expect Barkley back maybe for the Palace fixture So I think it's more even than people would think, and I think we need to recognize that Palace are a different team compared to previous season. I think Spurs couldn't live with them the second half. Jose came out and said that we tried to score, we didn't want to sit back, but we had no other choice. They were just all over us. So I think we need to sit and recognize that Palace are a much more attacking team this year, and Zaha is at the forefront of that. So I think he's a great pick, even with those fixtures. Yeah, some 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 sort of similar comparisons in terms of how. uh barkley is for uh, villa ese is the same kind of guy for crystal palace where they're taking away the focus from these two marky guys in that team wherein primarily the attack is flowing through and because it's what you mentioned in terms of barkley not being fit for the next two games and if i'm looking at the next five fixtures as a whole i'm i'm now thinking that saha might actually be a better option than fresh because he's playing for the rap and when uh, teams are playing against villa all, all they're doing is doubling on greedish at the moment because without parky that's where the attack is coming from so bakar if you're making that switch i i'd suggest just look into saha a little more because even i'm, I, I'm while i was let's say 65 greedish 35 saha now it's more 50 the thing is i i i'd actually have to take like almost an 8 point hit for greelish because i have triple villa so i mean that decision will probably be made by default because i'm probably not going to take an 8 point hit just to fit fit greelish and so i'll have no other choice but to actually get you know someone like zaha but i mean in isolation if i was comparing the two i'd probably pick greelish but given my situation i i don't really think i'd be able to do that move anyways mm-hmm. and then you were talking about the cheaper guys you you're not a big fan of suchek anybody yeah, else like yeah. that bracket Yeah, there's Cavalero uh, who I like. He's uh, he's playing up front for Fulham. Uh, he has the you know I was actually looking at the stats and he has the you know, highest average position. And not only that, he's averaging almost like um, more than a big chance per game over the past four game weeks. And that's despite uh, tough fixtures for Fulham like Liverpool and Leicester. So I mean he's doing well for 5.3. I think he could be a very good option. And he's not even one percent owned, so he's he's a good differential if if you're looking for someone cheap. Yeah, Brighton, Newcastle, Southampton next three as well. Yeah, fixtures yeah. from an attacking standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if anybody else in the cheaper price bracket, what's your thinking? Sure. So, I've got the table up here for Jota replacements sorted by creativity. This is midfielders priced at seven and under for the last four game weeks. Pereira is on top for chances created. I don't think we are going anywhere near there. Bowen is very interesting. He's created eleven chances over the last few weeks. Mount is also up there. It's a is also at what 10 rafinha somebody i think we can really look at also is he's created nine chances so in terms of creativity these guys are all up there now let's have a look at goal threat what i like to see now is here bowen you see is on top of both tables he leads the way for shots in the box with 11 and rafinha comes in second at nine 
So these are the two guys that really interest me in that aspect. Now, Cavalero's numbers are also interesting. You look at his head on shoulders above everyone in terms of big chances. Five big chances to the next best Trezeguet three. He leads the way, I think, for shots on target also with eight. So I think he's a great pick. Suchek's numbers, like Pakar said, aren't that great. Only five shots from inside the box. But the interesting thing with Bowen is out of those 11 shots, he's managed only one on target and only one has been a big chance. So what that mm-hmm. tells me, either his accuracy from those shots isn't great or he's not taking those shots from great positions. Yeah, a lot of I was looking at a shot map. A lot of the shots are just around the D area. That's where he's shooting mm-hmm. from. And it, it, it's not like, uh, you know, the one big difference is when Antonio used to play instead of Holler. Uh, Antonio used to run down the channels a lot, which used to leave uh, Bowen, uh, you know, getting space in the center of the pitch. What is happening with uh, Holler is that he's staying in the center of the pitch. So that's leading to Bowen's shooting from slightly wider or not really closer to the box. That's that's my thinking at mm. the moment. And this one Even more, when it comes, yeah, go on. I was saying one more caveat with Bowen. I noticed he's been substituted in almost every game, and the guy who's been coming on is Lanzini. So I really rate Lanzini as a pick. I don't understand how he's not getting into this team. So you also have Ben Rama now. You have Fornals. I think in terms of minutes, Bowen, when the fixtures get really congested, could possibly be at risk. That issue isn't there with Suchek, right? Suchek has played every minute of the season so far. So that's another caveat I want to mention with Bowen. Yeah, when I look at the West Ham guys, uh, if you're trying to move down uh, from Jota, uh, I'd wait before moving on Bowen because I really liked what I saw of Ben Rama in that one game. I mean, yeah, he made a few b- bad decisions while playing that game, but he just looked like your selfish FPL yeah. player. You know, that's what you like to see. So I, I want to monitor him for a couple of games if, if I'm investing in the six million bracket for uh, West Ham. But Suchek's price bracket is completely different. Now the only one thing that would worry me about Suchek, we were talking about this, is that they've shifted to four at the back. Now, if they're moving to shift uh, four at the back, they're not really adding a defensive midfielder to that team. They're adding Ben Rama. Ben Rama is an out-and-out attacker. So that sort of uh, increases uh, the defensive uh, responsibility that a Suchek has. Now, uh, Suchek's primarily uh, outlet of points is set pieces and uh, West Ham have uh, amazing delivery. But I just wonder if the frequency of runs that he's making in, in, into the box for the crosses that uh, Cresswell uh, or Kufal are delivering, I wonder if that reduces. And that's why I'm actually fancying Cavalero more in the 5.3 uh, bracket. Bakar already mm-hmm. spoke about the prices. Cavalero is actually playing out of position on penalties. Uh, he's playing in the Mitrovic position and, and Fulham are playing some good football. So I, I don't mind that punt given the next three fixtures mm-hmm. that Fulham have. Uh, Lukman and Fulham, uh, Lukman and Cavalero. Uh, Lukman is playing on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Cavalero left, is yeah. playing... And Cabrera is playing central. So, he's going to be amongst the attack when it comes to Fulham. One thing we should also mention is that there are some teams that are likely to have a double game week in 19. We don't know for sure yet. But we do know for sure West Ham is going to be one of those teams. So, that's another big appeal with Suchek. He's very easily benchable in game week 18 with that price point. And then you have somebody who's nailed on for 180 minutes for that double in game week 19. Yeah, that's, that's that's one of the reasons you can start planning early. I mean, just uh, in case some of our listeners don't know, what's going to happen this season is that around half the teams are going to have a blank game week in game week 18. And the teams that aren't playing in game week 18, they're going to have a double in game week 19. 
and we should be getting news for this in the next week or two so watch out for those news if it comes out we'll definitely uh, be talking about it on this podcast but we know for sure that west ham have a pretty good looking uh, double game week in game week 19 uh 5.3 5.4 million bracket do you, are you interested in rafinha over uh, suchek or cavalier aspects for me personally no because i think leeds are getting found out a little bit they've not been scoring as many goals over the last few game weeks and with all the fixtures coming thick and fast with three games in a week i think due to the intense pressing style i think the game is going to suffer a little bit so just bamford is enough for me from leeds bakar Rafinha. I, I I like Rafinha, but I think I prefer Cavalier over him because Rafinha, like Bowen, uh, he has the numbers of shots inside the box, but he's shooting from like different uh, difficult angles. He's not exactly getting those big chances. Okay. He doesn't have a single big chance over the past four or five game weeks. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure I'd want to go there. Although he's like he's a decent option. He's not bad. All right, all right. I do know of some uh, FPL managers uh, who are actually buying ticket to the Manchester City lottery. Uh, this game week against west brom and are going for foden just for a week they're expecting him to play that's an option if you have a very settled team and you just want to chase the upside for one week i don't know if he's a very good mid term long term pick uh anybody else you guys want to discuss for jota replacements or should we move on i think we can move on. let's just rank okay. them real, let's rank them just real quick bakar you go first your top 3 replacements uh grealish zaha cavalero I mean, the first two are so expensive, right? Let's try to keep them at least below seven, so people who can do a straight switch. Let's, if you say below seven, what would be your three? Uh, Cavalero, Bowen, Rafinha. Fair. Pranav, I, I, I'd say Cavalero, Suchek, and then Rafinha. Uh, the reason why Bowen wouldn't come in is because I've got an eye on Benrahma. I think he's going to be the asset to get from West Ham. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me, it would probably be I like Bowen, Suchek. And then probably number three, Cavalero. Interesting. Uh, have you made a move on them yet? I have. I, in fact, I've already got Suchek because I ultimately like the game time security he provides, and I have some plans for the extra cash. Fair enough. Fair enough. We have we spoken about it. I think all of us are going to be able to use that extra cash. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next topic, which is defenders. Uh, a lot of questions coming in, and I, we primarily thought it was a good idea to address budget defenders during this time because it it might be helpful to have. Uh, one extra playing defender during this christmas period so so why don't you start yeah just before like we get into budget defenders as such i wanted to mention the team stats over the last four game weeks in terms of shots in the box conceded man city's defense has been on another level this year they have conceded just 16 shots in the box over the last four matches and just two big chances chelsea also not too far off just 19 shots in the box conceded two big chances Villa and Newcastle's numbers can be discounted a little bit because they played one fixture less. Liverpool are also up there in terms of shots in the box conceded, but it's interesting they've conceded 26 shots in the box but 10 big chances. That's ridiculously high for a team like Liverpool. They do not concede. I think they conceded two or three against Fulham only. Yeah. But he had some really yeah. good chances against uh, Liverpool. Yeah, so I think so, yeah. So that's probably up there. Brighton are up there, but I don't know. I can never really trust the Brighton defense. So in terms of the premium lot, guys, a lot of uh, you've been reaping the benefits of a City double defense, and a lot of questions are actually coming in in terms of ranking the likes of Stones, Cancelo, and Diaz. How how do you see that playing out at the moment? So I think Diaz is clearly the big daddy over there. I think he's nailed on. 
in terms of minutes, very much in the company Ottoman Devane. And as I'll mention later, he's actually had five shots in the box in the last four game weeks. That's the most of any defender. So he takes the box for goal threat as well. I think he's very secure in terms of minutes. So I would actually put Stones in that second above Cancelo because Stones is very, very good for bonus points. In terms of pass completion, his pass completion rate is ridiculous. That's why he gets those bonus points. And until he puts a foot wrong, it looks like it's his place to lose. One place where Pep is not tinkering this year is a centre-back combination. If the centre-backs are working well together, not making mistakes, he's generally sticking with them. You think he's not going to tinker in this congested period? Because until this week, he had UCL where he was using different defenders. Like, at least changing one uh, defender spot. You think he goes on with the same defenders? CBs? I think so. The CBs, because the CBs in Pep system don't really do a lot of work. They're just pretty much sitting there. Half of the time, the play is ahead of them. They only just have to do a little bit of cover-up. So, I think the CBs are relatively safe. The full-backs area is a bit of a minefield. It's very difficult to know who's going to start out of Mendy. Walker and what's his name Cancelo every week so if you're going to get one of the fullbacks you need to have a very strong sub always ready to go I think somebody like a Suchek if you're playing a four is a good sub for example or set up a rotation of two defenders to cover that fair enough, fair enough. I agree I think with Stones it's going to be the case of how much you trust and rate the player because if he's going to keep the form he's going to continue playing uh, Pakar your thoughts on City defence how do you rank three? Uh, yeah, City's defense has been really, really good of late. I mean, they're up there, right up there in all the underlying defensive statistics. Um, I think Diaz is probably the, the best option because he seems to be the most uh, nailed on, secured asset. Uh, Stones is is an interesting one because he, there. I mean, every season there comes a point where, where he, he looks like a legit option, but but then something happens and, and he just drops off. So I, I'm not too convinced about him, but but yes, as as Zofar said, like at the moment it looks as if he's uh, he has the it's his spot to lose. Uh, Chancelo is someone who's who's he's who's not exactly ideal to own in this run of fixtures because of uh, uh, the risk rotation risk he runs. So unless you have a good sub, I, I wouldn't recommend him. All right, let me put you guys on the spot because we we have more options in play. We have the Liverpool defenders who are in play given the fixtures at the moment. Uh, and then there's the Chelsea defenders, Chilwell and Reese James. Uh, Reese James, who's looking a better and better pick every week nowadays. If you had to pick two defenders in your system who are five million plus, which two would you go? Me, I would. I would you go first, Bakar. Okay, sure. I think I'd go with um, with with Robertson and, and James. Actually, I think those two. Not not DS. No. And what's what's the thinking there? I I just like the upside that that James and and Robertson provide. Besides, Liverpool have some really good fixtures, and and Chelsea's fixtures are okay as well. With with Diaz, the I I don't see the upside. I I know he's he's posting decent numbers, but but like I'd rather trust the fullback for uh, attacking points rather than a centre back. But but uh, like, wouldn't you think clean sheet first and City look? Better for Kings. Chelsea stats are pretty good as well, and Liverpool bef- before this week have shown improvement. So, I mean, this is it. I mean, we're at a point where where trends are very actually um, hard to notice. Uh, the, the numbers aren't consistent. One week you get something, the other week uh, the stats completely change. I mean, before this week, Chelsea and Liverpool actually had really you know good uh, defensive numbers, but but this week it 
wasn't really the case. It, it was also the first 30 35 minutes of that Fulham game. Once uh, it, where Fulham played really well, the, Liverpool did manage to control the game for the remaining 60 minutes from a defensive standpoint I thought. Zoff premium defenders which two would you prioritize? Diaz and James and I'll talk about why in the next section. Go for it, go for it. Talk so, about it right now. Cool. So I've got the stats up here now I'll just bring them up. in terms of creativity these are the most creative defenders over the last four game weeks you have bellerin who i wouldn't touch with a 50 foot pole let alone a 6 foot pole <laughs> right now with seven chances created kufal has also been quite creative over the last four he's created seven which is the same number as robertson and two more than cresswell so he's i think very good, a good value pick robertson is up there again with seven cancelo is here with six dallas has created five and james has also created five chances now you notice that chilwell is nowhere to be seen in this list his numbers have dropped significantly so now let's look at defenders in terms of goal threat now reese james again is on top so he's one of so james and dallas are the only two guys i noticed who feature heavily on both lists so in terms of attacking threat i think these two guys are probably two of the most attacking defenders now ruben diaz as you can see he's at five shots five of those all have been in the box and he's had two big chances which is more than any other defender so that's probably why i picked with those two and there's significant price difference right now you're talking robertson is 7.2 diaz is 5.5 or 5.6 james is 5.2 5.3 it's a significant price difference that 1.8 goes a long way so i think and another thing that i noticed what i liked over here was eric dyer who i thought has pretty much no threat going forward has taken four shots over the last four game weeks and he almost nice free scored. kick too yeah and nice I, free kick I, I don't think kane should ever take another free kick in his life his free kicks are terrible <laughs> yeah yeah uh what, what do you think is happening in, uh, let's just touch upon reese and uh, chilwell uh, in terms of i mentioned that uh, it was uh, chilwell or reese one of them mentioned in the post match interview as well that uh, in the previous game both the full backs were covering them which is why they were not getting space to move forward a lot uh, in terms of how they were playing the game i also feel like uh, the lack of hakim siyash has is going to affect uh, children because uh, uh, earlier yeah should we because earlier we mentioned that it was his crosses where children used to be inside the box uh, in at the far post far post for a tap in but that's not really happening now i'm not seeing children in that position at the moment but i also feel like it could be a, a game or two i i won't be surprised to see children back to his best very soon uh but if people are looking to uh, fund another premium in their team a lot of people are asking whether they should downgrade a chilwell to reese which funding something would you be for it so i think so cuz i think james right now i you know guys no i wasn't very keen on james for the start of the season but i think right now he's probably one of our best players he was absolutely on fire against everton i think he was very unlucky not to get 12 15 points in that game i think now he's nowhere he's head and shoulders above aspi in the pecking order Oh yeah, he's been playing pretty well as well. Yeah, I agree. If 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 it funds something, uh, also James has quite a few set pieces for Chelsea, right? I think mm-hmm. while Ziyech is out, so he's taking a lot of them. All right, cool, cool. Uh, I'm with you on this one. If I'm spending uh, on two premiums, I, I don't really see the price of Reese as a premium, but I like Reese as well as Diaz. They they'd be my top two as well. I'd uh, be a little tempted to spend some more. in my defense if i want to go with three bigeters instead of four and get in a robertson or a trent as well because the the fixtures are really good i i mean spurs palace west brom newcastle and southampton so i can see liverpool keeping at least 
three clean sheets and see, there, there see, could yeah. i don't entirely agree now with matip out also and i think teams are not afraid as much of liverpool this year right now again he looked at the fixture spurs could score palace i in fact expect them to score after how well they've played newcastle probably won't offer much be usual steve bruce stuff who what's wrong West Brom, again, I think that's a safest fixture. And then you have Southampton, who again are, are completely flying. So I was, yeah. so I don't think it's necessarily that clear in terms of, especially if Martip is out for a while. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you have a doubts in there are budget options, fair enough. Uh, let's go to the budget defenders. Yep. Uh, who do you like? Because I think they're going to be very useful in this congested Christmas mm. schedule. Bakar, any, any budget defenders that have caught your fancy? Uh, well, in terms of fixtures, uh, uh, Brighton and, and Leeds stand out. So Lamptey is the one which which I like the most. Uh, hopefully, he'll be he'll be fit soon enough. Mister All Fart Nobu Espersov. Yep, yep. I'm not going near Lamptey. Yeah. Brighton's I, defense, I, I, man. I they think... always post great numbers, but then they let in rubbish goals. Yeah, this is the case with Brighton, but but I think I mean he's probably still the standard pick in the in the lot for me. Leeds Leeds have the best fixtures out of the lot, but I've noticed that their stats, defensive stats, have actually collapsed over the past three game weeks. They're actually uh, bottom for xG and on all, all the relevant um, underlying numbers, um, and their numbers were actually pretty good before that. So, so I'm I'm not really sure whether to trust Leeds anymore defensively. Um, other than that, there's uh, there's West Ham and and Kufal is a decent option. Uh, so those three are, uh, teams are the ones I'd look to target if I was looking for a budget uh, defender. Zoff, what about you? We were discussing a few names. Mm-hmm. So I'll give the rankings again. I think Kufal is a standout pick. I think he's been very attacking in the West Ham side. Second, I would probably put Charlie Taylor from Burnley. And we're going to discuss Burnley a little bit later. I think they very much got the defensive mojo back. As we saw with Arsenal, they have a great fixture run. And the thing with Burnley, right, they have a very clear identity. They're a defense first side. It's not like Leeds. Leeds, if they get a clean sheet, it's fine, but they're fine. They're very okay winning 3 1. Burnley is the sort of game you can now today, they can get a clean sheet against anyone on the day. They can yeah. be playing a Villa, they can be playing a Wolves. And their only objective when they step out on the pitch primarily is get a clean sheet first. Yeah, I think what happened at the start of the season was that uh, Ben Mee was injured. And since he's back, we've seen the upturn in defensive numbers. They've had one bad game, which was the City game. Outside of that, they've been fine. I'm, I'm just, I just have the FF Scout ticker in front of me, sorted until game week 17 uh, by defense. And Burnley are actually sitting second on that ticker. So the fixtures are there as well. Absolutely. So if I had to rank them, probably Kufal 1, Taylor 2, Dallas 3rd. I'm not very keen on Leeds' defence at all because I think when as an opposition manager you see a game against Leeds, you're always going to fancy your team to score. Even you, I think somebody like Steve Bruce is going to have a go at Leeds. Would you, would you, would you put stones in this bracket? His prices are a That's a, a bunch good of point. I think you can put stones in there as well at 4.8. I think Dyer just squeaks in all to that bracket also <laughs> at 5. Yeah, yeah. Just like to add one more name uh, to these uh, names that we mentioned again, because we're going to be talking about Fulham later. And there's a defender who's caught my eye. I tweeted about a few weeks ago, and he's playing pretty far forward on that left hand side as a wing back. And that's uh, Anton Robinson. It's just somebody who uh, I, I don't know if you can trust Fulham's defensive numbers just yet, but this is somebody who's going to be offering uh, potential in attack as well as defense. 
So if you trust their defense, this is somebody uh, worth taking a punt on if you feel like. But again, if you're talking about the ranking, the names that we mentioned in terms of Burnley, etc., they'd be higher up in my thinking for sure. Absolutely. Anything else, or should we move on to the team discussion section? Just uh, looking at, I'll just read out the top six, seven teams uh, until game week seventeen, sorted by the defensive ticker. Brighton's up front, but again, we mentioned uh, that we're not really sure uh, about them. Barker likes Lamptey, uh, yeah. so, so far doesn't, and I'm not sure because I've owned him all season. I've talked him up all season, but he hasn't quite done it as of yet. Then there's Burnley, then there's Liverpool, then there's Villa. I, I don't mind owning a Villa defense. I'm on a defensive double up, and and they've been proving to be fairly useful. Uh, I do like the next three: Burnley, West Brom, and Crystal Palace. I see two clean sheets yeah. out of three here, and then there's Fulham and Leeds. That's why we're talking about the names that we did. Uh, let's move on. I think we can move. Let's on talk also. about Fulham. All right, I, I'll start with the boys at Fulham. Just uh, in case people haven't. Uh, Actually, we've been mentioning on the pod quite a few times that Fulham is a team that shouldn't be uh, underestimated. And all credit to uh, Scott Parker. Right now, in my opinion, options are budget options. Enablers are emerging in Fulham all over the park. If you're looking at the striker options, uh, you know, if you're looking for a budget striker, Bobby Decodeva Reed at 5.3 million is a pretty decent option if you're looking for a set and forget especially during this christmas schedule but the guys who are really really uh, you know impressing me are cavalero and lukman both the names that we mentioned earlier uh, cavalero is on pens is getting uh, a fair share of uh, big chances as well but what i think uh, when i watch uh, fulham is that when cavalero does get those big chances he doesn't really inspire confidence in terms of whether he's going to be finishing them, I actually think Lukman's a better player based on eye test, uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, I feel like against the easier fixtures that Fulham have right now, Lukman could have a say. Statistically, Cavalier is outperforming Lukman at the moment, uh, but I just think Lukman's a better player than Cavalier, so I'm quite split on those two. When it comes to these three attackers, and and also let's not forget uh, Zambo Angisa. I think he's the best 4.5 million. Uh, midfielder in that bracket by a distance now. What do you think about these four? I mean, it's interesting now. Now he's gone with this new setup without Mitrovic. Now he said Mitrovic has had a problem in training. There's some rumors he's fallen out with Parker. We don't really know. Do you think he goes with this sort of setup without Mitrovic for the easier games, or is this something he yeah. just devised for the like Liverpool's Leicester? Why fix something that ain't broke? I think they've been playing really well. I think the, also what happens when they have a Mitrovic, you know, that somehow uh, the thinking in your head is supplied to Mitrovic and let exactly. him finish. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the game plan that Fulham seem to have. All 11 of them are playing for each other at the moment. And the front four, RLC playing as number 10. And uh, Cavalier playing up front, Lukeman on the left, uh, Bobby Reed on the right. They, they sort of have a nice understanding between them. Yeah. The passing is pretty decent as well. So, I don't think they revert to the Metro play because the the style of play changes completely if you I put agree. Metro up front. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they're playing with, with quite a bit of fluidity. So, I, I don't see the reason why why Mitrovic would come straight back in, particularly when they they seem to be clicking as an attacking force. I mean, contrary to popular opinion, Fulham are actually a decent side uh, uh, attacking wise. I mean, their XG is more or less as, as good as United, um, and they're mid-table basically for big chances and, and, and XG over the season. Your, which, your, which, your feedings which, off. Okay, your feedings off. But anyway, go on. 
I know, I'm aware of that. Uh, but uh, I mean, so yeah, um, they're they're all decent options in their own right, and and and, and like, I don't really see them as uh, as a risk because of Mitrovic. Yeah. To uh, bring out this question, both of you are clearly Cavalier over Lukman. I don't think yeah. it's that clear cut for me. I think I, this hasn't really. There's not really much to split the two. I think they're both good picks. Possibly, I think now because of penalties, I would go Cavalier. Can you hear him, Akar? Are we having internet difficulties? We might be having. No. Nah. I I can hear you now. I I can hear you as well. Okay, cool. The internet might be a yeah. bit dodgy today. I think it's been dropping in and out. Cool. Yeah, go on. So, so yeah, we're talking I, about those. Yeah, I think I don't think it's as clear cut. I think both have the share. Like you said, I think Lukman is a better player. But in terms of like you know the penalties are a big draw. So I think Cavaliero is pretty nailed on as well. So I don't think there's much to split between the two. Take your pick. But just because of pedigree, I think Lukman I think just edges it. All right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think. I think this is a very similar comparison to Richarlison and Canvert Lewin. I, I think uh, Cavalier is going to be the one who's going to be getting the the easier chances, and Lukman's probably going to be the one who's going to be creating them. Hmm. All right, fair enough, fair enough. By that argument, uh, in terms of defenders, do you like their defense at all? I think uh, their keeper has been phenomenal this yeah, season. He's Naralo. a good, keeper. He's a good, good shot stopper. Yeah. Good shot stopper. I think he's going to be accumulating. Some shots, and I think they'll keep a few clean sheets. Uh, just the way they're playing, this they seem pretty solid. I think uh, Lamina and ownership in uh, midfield as well. So I I don't mind investing in a Fulham keeper or a single defender as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna try to like maybe fix my internet. You guys keep dropping out. Let me just give me one second. All right. Sure. Sure. We talking about next. I think we're going to be talking about Burnley next. Yes, we already covered and the season ticker. I think the internet should be better now. Switch to a stronger network signal. Yeah. So let's just switch to Burnley now. The two reasons primarily why I wanted to include Burnley over here is number one, their fixture run, which we see is pretty strong, and number two, they're also very likely to have a double game week in either 18 or 19. Their game week one fixture against Man United. Is likely to be scheduled in that period, so keep an eye on Ben Crellin's tweets for that. And number three, Buckers here. When Buckers here, we talk about wood. <laughs> so, Bucker, have Back you been again. have you been thinking about getting wood? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll talk about Burnley. I mean, we spoke about the defense, and we like them because, uh, like we spoke about the fixtures, there's Villa, there's Wolves, there's Leeds, Sheffield United, and Fulham. I see the three home fixtures as clean sheet worthy fixtures. And <laughs> shit, this is not going out of our system, right? Now. <laughs> Stop, it's not stopping. All right, all right. And uh, okay, are you guys done? Yeah, I think it's time to go back into isolation again. <laughs> No, but legit speaking, I think right, we were discussing before the pod. I think Chris Wood could actually be a decent option for this period. In terms of yeah. minutes, he's absolutely nailed on. The fixtures are decent. You have Villa, Wolves, Leeds, Sheffield, Fulham. I think penalties. Penalties. I think he's actually a decent pick. I think when Burnley scores, it's very likely that he's the one getting the goal. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's not he's not really sexy as a pick, but I quite like him as a steady option during this Christmas period. I actually uh, so if if my likely moves this week are I'm getting rid of Timo Werner and Diego Jota, and I'm getting Bruno and I have six million for a striker. Uh, I'm likely going for Che Adams at the moment, but if if I did have zero point two million more, I would have betted uh, on Bakker's favorite that is good because I'd like the fixture. It's a pure fixture play. Absolutely. Anything? Anybody else that in nobody else interests. in that team i think now let's talk about the defenders a little bit in terms of the back four i think tarkowski is overpriced ben me is 4.9 both their full backs i think probably are the best destination for investment lotan and taylor do you have any preference between the two uh not really i haven't looked into the numbers there i just generally taylor's been my go to guy taylor uh, seems to be better for creativity yeah taylor yeah. is probably he, he he tends to do better for bonus as well in general Yeah, so I had a quick look. So in terms of penalty box touches, Taylor has taken seven to the other guys. Lotan's four, and he's created two chances to one. So it's not like there's a vast difference per se. Okay, and they're both nailed. Absolutely, nailed. they're both nailed. Sure. So that's a plus. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll let's quickly move on to, to the, the fix- fixtures and captains. All right. Uh, let's talk about the fixtures first. Palace versus. Uh, Let's 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 give fourteen games. Let's look at thirteen. It starts with Wolves Chelsea. Wolves Chelsea, yeah. Yep. Yep. I think uh, personally that uh, Hakim Ziyech and Pulisic being out is a huge problem for Chelsea. I thought they. That's one of the reasons I'm convinced about losing Werner now because I think without those two, Chelsea have uh, reverted back to the start of the season form, which wasn't really convincing. They weren't really creating that much, uh, losing these two players. So I'm a little worried for Chelsea at the moment. Uh, I I'll say they'll just edge it. Maybe one nil or two one. Hmm. It's it's not going to be an easy fixture because as we saw Wolves even with this back four, I think they're still a competent defensive outfit, especially on their own patch. And I think we are very short in terms of with Kai Havertz. He had a very poor game against Everton. It was very all of his passes almost were under hit. I think Pulisic, the he's in contention for this, and I think we really need him. On the side, now it'll be interesting in terms of where Pulisic plays because he's now his favorite spot is on the left. That's where Timo has been playing. So he's either going to put Timo on the right or he's going to put Pulisic on the right. Neither of which are ideal solutions. At the moment, yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't. I'm not very very positive about thing. This one. This has under two point five goals. I think written all over it. Could be one nil to either team. One one or two one Chelsea. Who who do you place this? Who do you think plays up front this game? Tammy or Giroud? I think Abraham because specifically I think Abraham. I think it was last year he scored a hat trick at the yeah. Molineux. So I think these sort of things like you know it gives you confidence for a player when you go back to a venue where he scored a hat trick and Lamps will remember that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be um, a tricky fixture for Chelsea. I I think it's it's going to be low scoring like you guys suggest, but uh, I'd probably go for two one, probably to Chelsea, because I mean Wolves ever since they've uh, shifted to this forward the back formation they don't look as convincing at the back either, so I mean these are two teams in transition, so I, I don't really expect it to be a free flowing game. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it will be a game with a lot of shots, lot of chances. No. Next one, Man City West Brom. I think this is just a, have the Manchester City uh, press conference feed on in front uh, on in front of me at the moment. Uh, Pep's again talking about John Stones and saying that if he's performing and he's playing well, he's going to continue playing. That's pretty interesting and uh, 
for people looking to buy him and they meant he talked about aguero where he said that last two or three days he could not train but uh, he says was today he trained and we will decide tomorrow it sounds like he'll be on the bench right i don't think he'll start yeah. him if yeah. he's not trained for yeah. two or three i mean days. i'm the first one to normally jump on aguero if i'm convinced i just haven't been there this season yeah. yeah how do you guys but, see this playing out big city win yeah i was i was not yeah. uh, uh, big on them having a huge win against fulham i was thinking it'd be a 2 or 3-0 win that's what happened i think west brom uh, are a way inferior side compared to uh, fulham and i feel like after the draw uh, pep's been getting a lot of grief as well in the media i think they'll be out uh, to get a few goals I've, i i i see five goals for city in this game bakar yeah four or five nil as well for me I don't know I don't I'm not so convinced I think the only team the city has blown away is Burnley and that was primarily I think to them having a very poor keeper Sam jo- Sam Johnstone I think is going to be city's biggest adversary in this game is going to be 11 men of city against Sam Johnstone it all depends on like you know how many saves he can pull out on the given day so I don't think it might be as prolific maybe 2-0 or 3-0 and I think once he goes up with that I think he'll probably like you know make some substitutions in the last 30 minutes Take the guys off who played on Saturday. For our more uh, uh, for the punters amongst our listeners who like betting and want to buy tickets to the uh, City Roulette for this game, very interesting game. Uh, outside of KDB, any attackers you'd fancy if you felt like going in that direction? Hmm. I I probably think uh, Ferran Torres probably because I think he's going to play in the front three. He's, he's probably the most likely to play in the front three. He's been decent this season and he didn't play. Against United, so you you think he's going to come come and play uh, as part of the front three, particularly considering that Mares has, has played uh, quite a bit recently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if I was picking one, then then Torres would be the one I'd go for. Big Phil no. for me. Big Phil. All right. Yeah. Interesting because I, I was actually uh, thinking about punting on uh, Sterling just for a single week, but then I spent some time on the City forums and. the city fans are out there to uh, you know criticize sterling as well as maras they are not very happy with how both of them are performing so i, I then i had to resign to thinking about playing safe and going for a bruno instead so yeah let's move on to the next game next game is the big one liverpool tottenham probably going to be one of the most boring games this weekend i say you think so we know what spurs are going to do they're going to sit and liverpool are going to try to dominate Do you, do you think uh, Liverpool are there for the taking in terms of the counter? It all depends, right? What sound Jose? Even with Chelsea, even with United, he's gone there with a plan to just play for the nil-nil, try to nick something on the counter. But I think he's going to try something similar. But I think he should, especially if Matip is out, fancy his chances a lot more. I think in terms of form, Spurs are on a good trajectory. I think every time Kane or Son is going to have the ball, they can have a chance to run. Yeah, Son Son was a strength, and Trent not looking really fit. Son's got a chance there. Exactly what I was going to get to. I don't think. Yeah. I think this is the best chance Jose has had of a win at Anfield. So, I don't think it'll be. I I'm personally put this down as a two-two. Do you think uh, Klopp plays a little more reserved in this game? He's aware of the counter threat that Spurs have. Do you think he's he's they're going to play three in mid since Jota is not there? Uh, so, do you think there's going to be more protection on Trent's side? what can they do really because i think ultimately they rely on the full backs for creativity right if you stifle the full backs there's going to be very little creativity because the midfield doesn't really create that much without thiago especially so i don't think he has that option at the moment yeah 
I think it's it's, it's um, I think it's going to be low scoring game as well. I I don't see it being high scoring. I I think there's a possibility of a Liverpool clean sheet. Actually, I'd probably go with a one or two nil Liverpool win. Sun and Kane right. blanking. That's unheard of. I think yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, momentum is going to be on uh, Spurs' side. I think Jose. Mm. Uh, Jose's team has been defending really well. Liverpool's players look tired, and I mean, even when uh, they were trying to change the game against Fulham, the only real option they had on the bench was Minamino, and uh, I, I think it's going to be a problem. I actually fancy a one-nil Jose this time around. Hmm. I, that, that they've been defending special. really well. T- Toby's form has been pretty outstanding, and uh, I, I think uh, uh, Spurs will be up for it. Right, the next one. We have your boys, Pranil, United, Sheffield. We generally tend to score a few goals against Sheffield United. Uh, with United, I mean, uh, depends on which of our teams show up because we tend to alternate between having a really good game and then having a really poor one. Uh, I thought we defended pretty well against uh, City. Uh, I'd back us to. I've not really been convinced in terms of how Sheffield United have played. I'd, I'd back us to score two or three. Fond memories. Uh, this fixture for me at Captain uh, Marshall uh, when he scored the hat trick. Uh, uh, so yeah, getting Bruno in for this game, and I expect us to beat them three nil. Hmm. It's very difficult with Sheffield, right? Because I think they were complete, very they were abysmal against Southampton. I was very disappointed with their like you know their ambition. They had ten penalty box touches as an entire team. In 90 minutes versus Southampton, so I'm interested to see now the two schools of this the way Wilder could go, and I think the first goal in this game matters a lot. Now let's say Sheffield can hold their up or hold them United off for 50, 60. I think they could nick something. Now if United scored early, it could be a cricket score because Sheffield will they're desperate for points. They might have to come out, and that's when United can pick them off on the break. So this game could go either way, either way. I don't know. I think it's a potential banana skin for Man United. This one. What do you reckon, Bakar? Uh, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think United are going to win uh, fairly comfortably. I'd probably go with a three-one, and and I can see a double-digit haul for Bruno. Yeah, no bias uh, with that jersey over it. Of course. <laughs> Speaking about double-digit haul for Bruno, there's there's a big debate: Bruno versus uh, KDB this week for the armband. Which way are you guys leaning? I'm currently on KDB because I don't trust United's attack as much. Still, I probably should trust Bruno a lot more, but I still don't. I think I'd rather trust City to score three or four more than United, even though they've not been firing on all cylinders. Guardiola has got a lot of flak for it, but I think I'd still back KDB against West Brom. All right, I agree with you. I don't trust our attack as much as I trust the City attack. Also, I don't think enough people are realizing that KDB is a different asset compared to what he was. Uh, Last season, he's more captainable this season because he's playing further forward and he's taking a lot more shots. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, earlier you'd you'd think of a final final City game, and you'd wonder if KDB gets maybe one goal and an assist or two. I, I think uh, his involvement rate also is going to be higher this season just because of the position he's playing in. So yeah, his his big chances have gone up as well. He's he's actually getting a far greater number of big chances than he was last season, and it's primarily because he's playing in an advanced role as compared to last year. He's playing a lot closer to the goal. Yeah, I'm going to captain him as well. So all three of us with KDB over Bruno. Yeah, he he has the upside. I think he has higher upside than Bruno. Even though I think Bruno will do well, but I think KDB has the higher upside. No, none of us are worried about him being rested. Pep playing the Pep bullet. 
No, I think he's already had his, his rest in, in midweek. I, I don't think uh, Pep, Pep will rest him. He might get taken off at 60, but by then you, you'd assume the damage would be done. So I think it's a good option. Soft? I think so. I don't think he's been getting his rest midweek. And I don't think they had a very physically taxing game last Saturday. And let's say right. if they had won the last game comfortably, maybe he can afford to bench KDB this week. But having dropped points, they can't risk possibly dropping points to West Brom. All right, three confident De Bruyne captainers, it looks like. Uh, let's have All a right, look uh, next week as well, since we just in case we don't do the pod. And just quickly touch upon a few game week 14 fixtures as well. Palace versus uh, Pool. What do you reckon this happens here? Quickly go through this. So, on the, this is the early kickoff, right? After now, Liverpool play the Wednesday, Saturday, and all that stuff. And I fancy Palace here. I think Palace can score a couple, maybe 2 2 or like 2 2 or 2 3 Liverpool. Interesting. Uh, Bakar? I'd go 2-1 Liverpool. I think I'll go similar to Bakar. I think Palace will run them close, but I think uh, Pool will just edge it. I'm expecting the Pool team to be pretty tired because they don't have much scope for rotation at the moment. And it's going to be their third game in a six-day period. So, that's something that's going to come into play. Precisely. Southampton versus Man City, Zofa? It's going to be a tough game for Man City, I think. Because I think Southampton are playing really well, and this is a very different game to what, like, probably I think was last year. Last year, Southampton just sat deep, parked the bus, Jay Adams scored the wonder goal. I think they're a lot more confident this year. They're not going to really park the bus. I think they'll have a go at City, probably score. I think maybe 2 1 City or 3 1 City. Bakar? Yeah, I agree with that. I'd probably go with the with 3 1 City one as well. I'd expect Southampton to score. Just, just uh, uh, came to my mind in terms of uh, Yannick Vestergaard, who's a 4.9 million defender, who's at the end of every James Watt cross. Cross any interest in him as a pick? He's looking very prominent in those the set fixtures. Pieces. I think the best fixtures are behind it's, them. And exactly, I, I was going to say that. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So it's a fixture play. Uh, Southampton versus Man City. Yeah, I'd say two-one to City as well. This on paper looks like a Raheem Sterling game, doesn't it? I mean. We've had our left forwards do well against Southampton. So, I fancy him for a return or two. Yeah, I think he can because ultimately the problem with Southampton is their fullbacks push up really high and especially Walker-Peters. So, whoever's playing on the left side for City can definitely have a run down that side. Agreed. Agreed. United versus Leeds. A big game. I mean, it's the first... Uh, they have a bit of a history as well, both these teams. So, I think I expect it to be pretty fast as well. Uh, how do you see it going, Bakar? I'd expect United to um, to score quite a few. I'd go with the 3-1, I think. 3-1 United. I'd agree with that. I'd expect United to score at least a couple. I do expect Leeds also to score. And this is again going to be Leeds' third game in the exactly. first of yeah. a week. So, in terms, I think tiredness will kick in there for Leeds. Definitely. Yeah, I'm agreement in terms of uh, how many goals we're expecting United to score, but I don't know how we, how many we're going to concede as well. Because uh, I don't know if our defense is good enough to handle this high pressure counter system. We we've been sort of slow, and Leeds, uh, as a character of a team, are similar to what Leipzig, Leipzig was, you know. And we know what they did to us in terms of uh, uh, playing against our defense, which isn't. I mean, again, that's also very Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, defense that we have at the moment. So, we, I expect this to be, I see four or five goals in this game. 3-2 uh, either direction. I'm not really confident about us winning. Hmm. Why, why would about this? winning? Sorry? You're not confident well, about winning? I thought you guys would probably steamroll leads. 
No, I, we we will score a few goals, but I don't trust our defense. Uh, Lindelof. I mean, we've just had a bad performance every third game at the moment. Our problem is we play two really good games, and our third game we're not consistent in terms of mm-hmm. how we're performing, and that's down to how a few of our defenders is playing as well. I mean, Van Bissaka. Uh, he had a great game against City, but against Leipzig, he was woeful. His worst game I've seen him play for United. So, I don't trust the consistency of our defenders at the moment. Hmm. I mean, while we're we're at this, I think this this might be the standout fixture for captaincy as well in game week four. I agree. I agree. From an attacking standpoint, I'm not worried. I think we'll get goals, but I'm yeah. worried about our defense. But one more fixture to touch upon: Spurs and Leicester. Interesting game. Uh, I think uh, Jose will be too much for Rogers. Uh, in this game, I think this game Spurs are going to win just because of how good Jose is. I, I, I've got it down as 2 0 Spurs. Kane has a very good record against Leicester as well. Mm, yeah. I'd expect a win as well. 2 2 0 probably yeah, to Spurs. I think probably besides now to talk captains, I think the number one choice I think is going to be unanimous between us is going to be Bruno. Agreed. Yeah. What other captainable fixtures are I like Kane. There? I think in terms of fixtures, we can look at it Chelsea, West Ham. Maybe, but it's not really somebody you can trust right now. You have not pa- without Ziyech. Not, with, not without Ziyech. Palace, Liverpool. Maybe you can go for Salah, but it's a bit dodgy with that, you know, yeah. short turnaround and all that stuff. I think it's probably between one of the Spurs lads. Maybe yeah. Kane and Son is probably somebody you could look at, but it's either the Spurs guys or United. Okay, okay. Well, if, especially if uh, Rogers is uh, naive and he's asking his fullbacks to push up again. In that game, then there might be some space for uh, Son to take advantage of. Absolutely. There's also one uh-huh. more fixture I didn't see over here. There's Grealish maybe against West Brom. If you want to take no. a punt, I wouldn't really trust go there, but that's probably the only third yeah. fixture you could look at. If I was looking at captaining Grealish again, I'd, I'd need Barkley to be fit and playing in that team. Good point. I'd agree with yeah. that. Right. All right. Uh, let's move on to our teams. Right. You've done good, well for time. How 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 far are we now? We are almost at sixty minutes. So, oh, all right, perfect. We should right. wrap up in about ten yeah. more minutes. So your team first, Ella. Yeah, for just for the benefit of our listeners, I'll take you guys through my team. Uh, wait, I just need to pull up the screenshot very quickly. In defense, I have Martinez, uh, Chilwell, Target, and Ailing. I have Lamptey on my bench. On the screen, you see him starting, but I have him on my bench. Uh, in midfield, I have Grealish, De Bruyne, Salah, and I'm going to probably add Jude, Bruno Fernandes to that. And I have Bamford, Werner, and Gabriel Jesus. Uh, so my moves are likely going to be uh, Werner and Jota out for Bruno Fernandes and a striker six million or under. Might get tempted to go Sterling, uh, but uh, I don't see it happening. I think Bruno has equal points potential in the next two games, and uh, I have uh, enough. City attacking coverage in De Bruyne and Gabriel Jesus. As much as I am tempted to maybe go for a third city attacker, I think this time I might not go that. What about Welbeck? You had mentioned Welbeck in our chat. Yeah, Welbeck is a striker as well. But I feel like, uh, I mean, what, what happened yesterday? We saw Welbeck go off at 60 minutes for yes, Connolly. What, yeah. What's going to happen with Che Adams? He's going to play 80 plus minutes in most cases. Yeah. Uh, and the, the only other option I have is to go for Decordova Reed. Uh, for Fulham, but uh, when it comes to Fulham attackers, I actually prefer their budget midfielders more than I prefer Bobby. So, the other only other option if I go basement uh, price for this spot at around 
4.3, 4.5 million, buy Davies like you have, and then put some more money in my midfield or defense. But it just becomes a triple move. And so for that reason, I think I'll, ju- I'll just get Che Adams. Hmm. I think Che is a good pick. Southampton can score against anyone. They might concede, but you could back them yeah. to score against anyone. Yeah, agree. Actually, one midfielder that we didn't touch upon, Theo Walcott, what's your thinking there? Mm, I wouldn't go there he's, now that he's not playing up front. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was watching the game that they had this week. He was in the box every single time. He wasn't... Uh, li- like we've seen when it comes to those inverted number 10s that uh, Southampton do play, he, he, he was occupying a lot of spaces that a centre-forward would occupy. Just an interesting point. How much is he? What, 5.5? I think or something? I think 6, maybe somewhere around Redmond's price, around 5.5, 6. I mean, that shows how much he's gone under the radar that we don't even know his price. 5.8 million. Uh, yeah, I've been watching him because I own him in a draft and he was spending a lot of time inside the box, which is something worth monitoring. Okay, yeah, so I have Martinez in goal this week. Um, Chilwell, Ailing Robertson. In midfield, I have De Bruyne, captain. Um, Salah, Fernandez. I have Jota in my team. I'm probably going to replace him with, with Zaha. Up front, I have Watkins, Calvert-Lewin, and Bamford with, with Lamptey uh, currently being on my bench. Interesting. I'd be, I'd, I'd be yeah. in your team structure case because you've got so much money invested in uh, defence. Bakar, I'd be tempted to go a uh, price bracket lower and get either Cavalier or Suchek so that you can invest a little more in your attack rate. I think in two or three weeks, we need to start thinking about getting Spurs attackers uh, back because the fixture run is good and Kane and... Uh, Sonna aren't going to see any rotation. I think game week 16 is the right time. Not not even game week 16. If you want to go just after the Liverpool as well, it's a good time yeah. to get your Spurs attackers mm. back. So think about that when you're planning. Yeah, planning. that's something at the back of my mind as well. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Zoff, your you, team? You can't buy Suchek after shitting on him earlier, by the way. I won't. I won't. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> if, I go, I, if I go with one, I'd, I'd go with Cavalero. Nice, nice. Cool. So I've already made my move for Jota to Suchek. So this is how I'm lining up. So Martinez in goal, Diaz and Cancelo along with Chilwell in defence. Fernandez, KDB, Salah, Grealish, Suchek in midfield. Bamford, Calvert-Lewin up top. I don't know if Cancelo will play necessarily this week, but I have a decent sub in Kufal. So my plan now going forward is in game week 14, I'm probably going to downgrade Kilman to Taylor. Taylor and Kufal rotate really well, so that can cover if Cancelo gets benched. I'll always have a decent first sub. And then uh, the primary reason I went for Suchek is I want to use the cash to upgrade Grealish to Sun in game week 16. I think game week 16, Grealish, uh, he plays 16, 17, 18. He plays Chelsea, United and Spurs back to back. I didn't like any of the other captain options for like KDB and Man United and, you know, even Salah in game week 16. So I think 16, you have to have a Spurs attacker. Fixtures, Fulham at home, Leeds at home, back to back. Uh, and, and, then, and then it's Sheffield. Yeah. So you good fixtures. Fulham good home, fixtures. Leeds home, Villa away, Sheffield United away. That's a good run of four it's fixtures. Absolutely so. Yeah. Got a plan ahead. Yep. All right. We'll move to the Q&A pretty quickly. Uh, uh, first question is from Wadi Boys. Uh, what are your thoughts, Zoff, you'll take this one. What are your thoughts on sub-5 million defenders uh, from teams... Uh, Premium teams such as Lindelof, Stones and Dyer. Which one do you like the most of these three? I think out of the three, I would rank them Stones number one, Dyer number two, Lindelof number three, purely in terms of the team's defensive strength. 
ignoring the attacking potential not worried about stones being a little more prone to rotation i don't think rotation is a concern with stones at all in terms of what pep has been saying i think the concern is with stones is a mistake i think the first time he makes a mistake second time he makes a mistake he's going to be dropped that's the how, how do you concern. rate him as a player i think of late he's been doing very well and i always feel players can improve you should never really write off a player that he's a troll he's like you know rubbish players can improve with good coaching given the right circumstances so right now stones is playing well and i think in terms of defense city on another level to everybody else all right next questions from arjun das over the past couple of seasons harry kane has done fairly well during the christmas period considering that werner isn't delivering yet should we consider to move timo to kane i'll take this one one word answer yes uh Next question is from FPL Mikey. First time I've been high up in the ranks as an ex- as experienced managers. What are your best uh, tips to maintain and kick on in the festive period? Parker, he's got a wild card in hand. Any teams? Any any tips for him? I I'd, I'd suggest um, a build around um, you know players like Salah, Bruno, KDB. That's that's the way it it should be done at this stage because these three players are likely to play most of the fixtures and and they're really explosive as well so i mean building a team around them would be a good start all right and, and just one more tip to you mikey if if you've got a wild card in hand I'd, i'd be tempted to play the pep roulette if i had a wild card in hand I, i'd be tempted to just target that west from home game uh, if you've got bruno uh, and kdb already in your team because spurs yeah. and liverpool are playing each other take that chance i say So another thing worth mentioning right let's say now Foden plays West Brom the next game yeah. is Southampton away he might get benched for that you won't mind that but the game after that is Newcastle home so that's right. what I'm hoping happens with Cancelo as well he plays the easier games and gets benched for the tougher ones yeah, yeah. i mean uh, until i was discouraged by going on to the city forums where the fans were really shitting on Sterling i wasn't really worried about Sterling starting this game because like we spoke about it in the last part as well Pep's Pep's done with uh, teaching Sterling his lesson and i fancy him for the easier fixtures he's always been a sort of a flat track bully as mm-hmm. well uh next question is from stadium of sports uh uh thoughts on teams that have home fans does this uh, alter the fixture ticker uh this question comes from stadium of sports yes we we did see a lot of uh uh home uh, wins and home performances this time around in fact i remember seeing ralph hasan natal's uh post match interview as well and he seemed pretty emotional about uh fans being there so i think it is uh, even uh, bobby reed mentioned in his post match interview as well against liverpool where uh, they all mentioned that having fans back had sort of put that extra spark uh, uh you know inside them so i i maybe at 5% weightage to your decisions let's say you have a defender decision or a captaincy decision might add home fixture to that thinking again absolutely Next question is from Jigar Mehta. It's from it's for Yusuf. What to do with Mares? Will he start this game week? And can he be a st- constant source of points given that he's planked in two? Do I replace him with KDB for a minus four this game week for West Brom? So Mares is a player I don't really like personally as an FPL pick. I think there are much better options, especially this season, around that price point. Players who are more nailed. So I think the thing with KDB is you can be assured that he is going to start so and he's a great captain option this week so i'd do that move for a hit i think it's a good long term move yeah. agreed even if it doesn't pay off this week i think over the course until game week 18 i expect it to pay off exactly next question is uh, for you bakal it's a tough one it's from fpl a33 if you had to pick between one of kdb or bruno who would you go 
Tough question. That's, that's actually very tough. I I'd probably go with uh, De Bruyne. I think I, I I just think City will score more goals, and I'm I think De Bruyne has a higher chance of being uh, involved in a, a larger number of goals and a greater number of goals. So I'd probably go with him if I had to pick one. He says this wearing a United shirt. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> City have won the league in the past few years. We haven't. I agree with him as well. Uh, next question is for Abdullah Al Shad. Uh, it's for you again, Bakar. Leeds are posting good numbers yet they score five goals in six matches. What do you make of it? I mean, there's there's just regress in terms of um, their finishing. Their their attacking numbers aren't aren't actually that bad against Everton and. Um, even this week, their their numbers are fairly decent. Um, I I still back them to come good uh, to to come good against uh, the likes of Newcastle and, and the fixtures that are coming up, Burnley and, and West Brom in the next three in the three of the next four fixtures. I still think they're they're going to come good. Their their numbers have been consistently good. Um, one or two poor games I won't change that for me. All right. Next questions for you, Zoff. It's from FPL Magician. You seem to be doing well having the double up on city defense. Would you recommend other FPL managers to do the same for the busy period? So I think Diaz is a very long-term hold. You can keep him for the long term now. With Cancelo, I don't think it's as clear-cut. Before every game, I don't know whether he's going to start or not. I think he was lucky to start the next few now. I don't think he's going to be used at left-back again by Pep anytime in the near future. It was a very particular decision to stop the attacking counter threat that Greenwood and Rashford pose. So, if he does come in now, I think he's going to be at the expense of Walker, which might be for the odd game, but it's a big rotation area. So, I'm probably going to keep him till the Newcastle fixture. Now, the the upside of that West Brom home and Newcastle home fixture is too high for me to sell him, but I'm going to make a conscious decision to have a good sub to back him in just in case he doesn't play. Agreed. And even from a very uh, tactical point of view, he will need more attacking impetus in the West Brom and the Newcastle game, and he'll need more defensive impetus in the Saints game. So, so Walker is somebody Peps likes to use for defensive cover against space. He can afford to rest Walker for those important games and play Cancelo on the uh, right-hand side in those easier games. I'm expecting him to play at least one of the two easier games that you mentioned. Yeah, I'm just holding him on for that period, but you need a sub with Cancelo. All right. Uh, last question for the day. It's for use of. It's from Mac, FPL Humble. How have you found Cyberpunk and how do you balance work, FPL and gaming? So unfortunately, I'm playing Cyberpunk on a PS4, not a PS5. And the game initially struggled a lot in terms of the texture, the draw distance and all that stuff. But they released a patch yesterday that was around 40-50 GB. So with the patch, it's a lot more playable. But if you can, I'd advise holding out till you get a PS5 to really enjoy that game. Alright, nice. And what's the second? How do you manage work? FPL and gaming, and gaming, it helps not being married, right? Yeah, it helps <laughs> not being married. And and just one thing I know about Zoff is he's he's in he's somebody who wakes up really early in the morning as well. So he gets a lot of his FPL work, his workout, all of that done. Four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, you get up normally. No, not that early. I get up at around seven a.m. I'm done with my seven. workouts by nine. So then it's office, and then I can manage after that. Alright, nice, nice. Uh, so I think that's it from us. We're not going to go very long this time around because short around turn around. Uh, we'll let you guys know on Twitter if we're uh, doing a stream on Friday. Uh, any last words, guys? Nothing much. Please like and subscribe as usual. We try to keep the pod shorter this time so everyone can have a listen before the deadline tomorrow. So hope you guys like it. 
All right. See you on the other side. Take care, guys. Good luck. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.